In this episode, I interview Teresa Bauer, changemaker and remote work coach for individuals and companies. And I'm so glad to have you here, Teresa. Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions, as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Lydia. <laughs> and I would love to start a little bit with um, that you tell us about yourself and how you started with your business and especially your very niche and very specific business idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, where to start? Um, I am really passionate about remote work and uh, this is also the topic um, which my business is all about uh, regarding individuals and also companies. Um, so um, I started working remotely seven years ago in 2013. I was working remotely as an employee for my boss um, and I asked him if it was possible to work remotely um, first for one week a month and then I changed also to work remotely from the whole world. So I worked from Thailand, uh, Africa, Spain in winter times. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, and after a few years, yeah, my boss founded a new startup and he asked me if I wanted to uh, lead the whole agency. And I was really um, into yeah, gaining leadership experience. But it was not fair to um, be the only, I was the only employee for two and a half years. I was the only employee in our agency who worked remotely and all the others were in the office from Monday to Friday. So um, when I became the leader of the company, I, um, yeah, I decided, okay, all the others have to work, um, have to be allowed to work remotely as well. Because it wouldn't be fair when I, I am around the world, around the globe all the time and they have to sit in the office. And uh, yeah, my boss allowed me to transform, so to say, our company um, from a location-based team to a partly location-independent team. So we still were in the office two days a week and three days a week um, we were in the home office. And from time to time, people could also work um, from another country or another um, city. I was there for two and a half uh, years. And afterwards, I uh, founded my own company, Get Remote. And um, now I help, for two years now, I help companies how to integrate and how to do the same, which I did, to implement remote work in a company, culture-wise and structure-wise. And I also help individuals um, how to get a remote job or how to persuade your boss um, to let you work remotely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm only in this remote work business. I'm not, um, there are several companies who do this transformation work and change work. And yes, I do change, but only um, regarding the remote work scenario. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a really a, a tiny niche. Um, I thought it was a tiny niche for uh, uh, four months ago. It still was a tiny niche, but now it's not anymore <laughs> due, the, due to the corona crisis. It's, it's the big thing. 
And right now it's perfect for me that I uh, decided to have this niche business um, because right now people book me because um, of that, because I only do remote work change and they need it right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting, I think, because so many people fear about or fear niching down because they think they lose everything, like the, they lose so many customers and you are the perfect example. Like, of course, we couldn't have known that there is a COVID crisis and so on. And still, you know, it can happen in many different ways, but it shows there is so much business out there and they book you because of that. And because you are not like a little bit bigger, taking the whole change process um, or going or doing the whole change process, but just like this very specific one. So was like, was there fear around that being so specific for you in the beginning or was it, that's it, done? I was not really, I, I never had the problem with niching and, and uh, finding the right position. I know that many entrepreneurs um, have this kind of trouble with um, knowing what their niche is and what their um, um, position, is it positioning in English? Positioning, yeah. Yeah. Um, I never had that because I I did not become an entrepreneur because I I wanted to become an entrepreneur, but because I wanted my topic, my remote work topic to, um, yeah, to, to let companies know that it works. So I came from this niche um, topic to being an entrepreneur. And um, many people think, okay, I don't want to work for a boss. I want to become an entrepreneur. What can I do? And I had the topic. And from this topic out, I became an entrepreneur. So It was it was kind of um, yeah already set that it's gonna be this niche and only this niche. And I love that because just the recent interview I did it was similar. It was also about like this person, um, Steve. He basically said like many entrepreneurs they don't happen to be entrepreneurs and then figure out what they want to sell or what their service is but they stumble into that like they have this passion for something they have a product or like you have a service <clears throat> service product whatever and this is what you're so passionate about and then you figure out actually I do have to bring this to the next level like I have to bring this to the world and then you figure out all the entrepreneurship stuff around instead of um yeah Like, yeah, I just don't want to work for a boss. So what do what to do now? And I think because you mentioned the work with individuals, this is probably also where you can help people a lot because not everyone has to become an entrepreneur. Like you can actually enjoy freedom and still have safety from from a job. Right. Definitely. That's um, that's also uh, the thing why I um, turned out to be a remote coach for individuals. Because I was in this digital nomad scene for several years and um, everybody was clapping when they said, yeah, you have to quit your job. And yes, quitting our jobs. And I was like, yeah, I want to have this freedom and I want to be able to travel. But no, I don't want to quit my job. I love my job. I also love the surrounding with it so that I get my um A regular money in my bank and I have I don't have to think about all the um, accounting and getting new customers and stuff so mm -hmm. six, six years ago I, I did not know uh, what to found so I was like okay it's not um, I don't want to have to choose between safety and freedom I want to have freedom but I also want to have my safety and I don't think that everybody is um, 
made to be an entrepreneur and you don't have to be made to be an entrepreneur, um, but everybody is allowed to um, want to gain flexibility and freedom. Mm. And um, yeah, I think many people um, start into being an entrepreneur only because they want to be free and that's not their best way around because then you i think you have to uh, you will struggle a lot and some people need this um yeah this struggle to to keep on going but many people there are many people coming to me who are self-employed already or who are freelancers already and they say to these when you are able to get me uh, to to get me a job where i can uh, be employed and also have kind of a freedom um, I will go back right away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's um, sometimes you think it's the easiest way to quit your job and to get self-employed, but it's not all the time. So um, yeah, just have a deeper look. Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be an entrepreneur because you like uh, being an entrepreneur and all the stuff and um, figuring out how to found a company and, oh, and do you have a, a topic where you, which you are passionate about? Um, but there are so this ritual, a ritual assistant business. I see so many ritual assistants. I, I want to be free. Well, what can I do? I, I'm going to be a ritual assistant. And then, and then they struggle because there are so many people with, um, yeah, when you live in Thailand or some, somewhere, um, you don't have to earn that much money. And so the prices are really low sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So having a deeper look. Um, why you want to be an entrepreneur is the first step, I think. And I wanted to um, also say, or go back to this um, that you said it came from passion. Um, and I think this was key as well. And how I know you, like you have a lot of passion per se, and also like a lot of pleasure and passion in your life and in your business. And just because this is a topic right now, I'm writing a lot about um, because so many entrepreneurs, they are deeply frustrated, nothing is working and they are stressed out and they do a lot of stuff which doesn't light them up. And I think you're in a good example. Just told me that you stopped um, uh, a contract or work with someone um, or with with companies because it like it draw you it took your energy. So tell us a little bit more about how to how to include passion and pleasure as much as you do in business and how you do it basically. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I think it's um, always good to um, to think about your energy level, right? And it's not only about making money, but also to have fun while making money i do have um right now basically uh, my my whole focus is on b2b so i i mostly only do co uh, company um consulting because this is the uh, the topic right now yeah of course um, i'm facing some uh, some troubles with my time so i'm not able to do individuals coaching right now um and i Take a deeper look every time I um, I onboard a new client. Will I have fun with it? Will I get energy out of it? Because just yesterday I had a workshop and after this workshop, I was full of energy because I could do the thing I love and I could empower the employees of this company. And um, um, yeah, with this, with this um, client, I did not uh, feel this um, energy level, but I was, uh, yeah, was drawn out of me. So I always have a deeper look um, at my energy level. And also I kind of see right now, I can be uh, fully booked right now. And now I have to think about what does fully booked mean for me? 
And um, yeah, it's really, I th I'm, I'm, I'm finding it out right now um, because it was, would be possible to just have basically every day a workshop, but you also have to do accounting and also marketing and all this stuff. And I'm thinking about how much workshops do I want to have per week? So I can earn a lot of money right now, but then I will burn out and it's not the thing I want to do. So um, yeah, stepping, stepping back for yeah, a half, half a year ago, it, the topic was about um, yeah, how to get fully booked or how to get more clients and more money in. And right now it's okay. Clients are here. Clients are in a row, so to say. Um, and now to see, okay, how can I have a balance in earning good money, right? But also have free time for me, for my friends, for my family. Um, yeah, you, you also recognized I didn't answer <laughs> messages for two or three weeks because I was kind of overwhelmed with the situation right now. And I was like, okay, right now I have to focus on my clients and how to get my shit done here. I just don't answer messages from people for two or three weeks and WhatsApp and Instagram and uh, also Facebook messages. I just kept and uh, didn't answer them for two or three weeks because it was good for me. It was not really polite for other people who didn't get an answer from me, but I knew, okay, right now I have to deeply focus how to structure all this stuff and I have to, um, yeah, um, get like an, an, an energy thing around me and afterwards I am able to answer all the messages. So yes, have a deeper look in what serves you and what just um, takes your energy away. And being really honest with that and saying, okay, this takes my energy and I don't keep it for the sake of, um, of money. And rather, I think uh, a good entrepreneurial mindset would be, and I think you are, you are doing that right now, How can I outsource that? Like, how can I um, multiply my own time through getting mm -hmm. the, like people on board who help me with that? So um, the not entrepreneurial mindset, I think, would be keep on working, do more, be burned out, break down. And the other view is, okay, take, take a step back, as you just said, and see from that place of not overwhelm what inspired ideas come, you know, like, yeah, how can you change that? Yeah. Yeah, that's also a thing right now, because as you know, I did um, my morning routine like two or three hours a day for myself when I struggled last year. And right now I see, okay, I, I don't have two or three hours a day mm -hmm. um, just to start um, for myself. But I I now see, okay, I have to uh, get a, a, a several time frames um, really to do this inner work yeah. steadily, because um, yes, right now I have this flow because I, it's also, it's always um, like this bridging period. But when you stop doing the inner work and only hustling, there is also a bridging period. And you will see perhaps in six or eight weeks that you, you didn't do it six or eight weeks ago. So I now have to say, okay, not only working, but also um, this taking time for me is really important. Um, yeah. So Right now, I'm into finding the best balance of work, me time, friends, um, marketing. Also, this thinking about how, how many people do I have to onboard. I have an, an intern right now um, who helps me a lot. And um, I'm giving over all the messages um, because I'm getting so many messages over LinkedIn and I'm not able to reach out to everybody. Um, so, yes, I have to find a way how to... Um, yeah, multiply myself without multiplying my working hours. Yeah, 
That's so, so, so important. And oh my goodness, you said so many things where I want to like go deeper or go further. Um, I think one thing is because I wanted to say that before already, um, because I know you and you're an empath, like you have like high empathy for people. And this has also been like a struggle for you or like a an issue, you know, taking care of everyone. And this is why I especially love it so much that you said I just blocked out messages from like friends even for two weeks. I didn't answer. And of course, perhaps they were like kind of mm, what's happening or something. But you put yourself first. So I really love that because it has not always been the case. And I would love to hear a little bit more from that empath struggle of I have to be there for everyone, whether it's good for me or not, and like how you shifted that or how you see that nowadays, what being for other being there for other people can mean and yeah, how how you created boundaries for yourself basically. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing because I um last year I had this tipping point where I saw okay um, sometimes it's not doing uh, helping is not really helping, but because I'm a really action person. So when I see there is someone struggling, I, there is a, like a little lab and like, oh yeah, Teresa, you have to do something. <laughs> For many years, I this was my strategy. When I saw someone struggling, I had to help not everybody, but in yeah, friends and and family zone. I did not recognize that I um, basically was not helping, but helping to, um, yeah, to to, to um, stabilize the the problem. I think, um, yeah. Last year, I really had this uh, this tipping point with seeing. Okay, sometimes not doing is just is doing enough. So, um, or it would be the right thing to do. I think this year is such, such a crazy time, and I also think some topics pop up again. To let you know, did you really, did you really have a look there? It's popping up again. I thought it was solved, but it's perhaps not um, solved for for uh, the entire life time. So, yes, yes. Um, and I really, I I can see that it's really deep inside of me. When this comes up again, I really feel it in my body that I have to do something. And I, um, it's really sometimes a, bit, a little bit frustrating that you have to do it again and again and again. Um, yes, but it's um, it helps me to know that it already worked um, to step back. But um, it's work. It's work for me to step back. It's not work. the The doing part is not a, a work for me. Uh, not doing something is work for me. Yeah, that's something I, I, I see the, the last uh, few weeks again. Um, and I think I'm, be- I'm already better in it, but it's, hmm. um, it's tough again. So it's, it's really, you get the things over and over again and, and the universe is testing you like, did you really solve this same thing? <laughs> yes, but um, just like you said, how, how do you do it? It's just reminding um, myself yeah, every time that not doing is the right thing to do and to have a look, which patterns do I have to, um, yeah, to have a deeper look, which things uh, would I normally have done and what would, uh, would I, uh, would I like to do right now? And can I just not do this next step as a, to, to see it in front and just then step back and say, no, 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 you don't do this right now. And instead doing something um, something else and something else means something for myself what yeah, what can uh, make me feel good right now 
And I know that doing something for somebody else would make me feel good, but it doesn't help them. It only helps me in this moment. So it's more ego-driven than you think helping others. I recognize that because, yeah, I'm feeling better when I know, okay, I have, I'm in action and I'm, I'm in charge. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of control as well. It gives me... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that you said that because, um, yeah, we do. I, I made a, an episode about people pleasing and we do think being nice to everyone is the nice thing to do. And um, yeah, actually, it is more ego driven because we don't have to face our fears. We then don't have to show up as we are because we just hide parts of ourselves, you know. And um, so I love that. And also said, I love that you said, okay, what to do instead, like your normal way of being or way of doing would be to directly help someone go the next step. And now you, it takes work, but you, you draw back, you don't go that next step. And rather, rather ask yourself, like, what would be good for me right now? Like, really, not only give me this ego feeling of, oh, wow, I helped that person. But rather, yeah like a nice walk outside or whatever it is, you know, spending time with your boyfriend. Yeah. Funny thing. Funny thing. I'm, I'm, um, I'm running Yay. again. You know, <laughs> I'm not the sports type, but every time I have this issue, I have to, it's like um, in German, it would be blitz up You have to do something else to this, this action. I would normally take, I have to do uh, action wise in another mm -hmm. part or when you stop smoking, I think you also, Some people then start to eat more. So when I'm not able to, I, I'm not allowed to do anything to help. So I have to go running. <laughs> do something more, other other um, thing, like action-oriented thing. Yeah. And it's yes. actually really good for you. And it's also kind of work. So it's not, oh, I'm just lying around and, and think. I think it's good as well because you can stop thinking a little bit, you know, because first it's like yes. it's body work. So it takes your focus away a little bit. Oh yeah, and it's interesting that it it helps really fast. Yeah, uh, it was like a few days. I thought, like, okay, I, I really have to do something, and uh, I was like, no, you don't. And and last year it took more time, and I think right now it's getting faster. When you tap into your old routine, it can be really fast that it's going worse. But when you tap into the new routine, even when it you feel like you you are not allowed to or you have to do something when you tip in this new routine it's getting better faster i yeah no i would say so so you said it also like oh it's work again you know to detach from people and not be there and like taking a different route and so on yeah and still i do think like i have experienced that for myself that things happen quicker like i get out of a fun quicker or whatever it's not the same at all like if something happened years ago i like i remember like several years ago i had like a depression for three months or something and of course i still have days where i feel like oh but this is a day or not even a day it might be an hour or something you know so i think it, it um the time accelerates in a way that it is yeah perhaps with the routine as well you know you just do it Not now for six months, and I um, would love to. That would be my my next um, question for you. Um, yeah, that you did the morning routine like very extensively, as you said, for two hours a day, and like to change yourself. And then you had results, 
And now it can be that you just do like a morning routine and include the running again. And it's just like 10 minutes a day or something and has the same results. So I really want that to point that out because many people think, oh, I have to do that for every now and blah, blah, blah. No, you just have to start with a new neural pathways and then it will get quicker. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, last year, it was really the right thing for two months to, because I didn't have um, that much client in this uh, in this time. So I had the time, um, but it's not, it would not be the right way to think you have to do two or three hours for the next 10 years to keep your business running because it's just this bridging period. And then, um, yeah. A, a little part of it um, is, is enough, I think. Yes. Perhaps um, explain a little bit um, the bridging period, because I think I mentioned it sometimes, but from view, your view and perhaps because the next question would be, you have been through crisis, personal and business-wise. And I named the interview how to grow your business when facing crisis. And it also obviously fits the, the current topic right now. But tell us a little bit more about the, those crisis situation and how you, how you change that for yourself. Yeah. Um, what do I mean with, uh, I, I know the bridging period thing uh, from you because I did not know it before. Um, in my own words, I would say um, when you want to have a new result, you do have some kind, kind of um, habits which lead to the current result. Yeah. And when you want to have a new result, you, um, you have to implement new habits, but you won't get the new result right away. And, um, There is some kind of impatience inside me and inside of many people, I think. And you have to overcome this um, impatience. You have to be patient. And the bridging period means, okay, you trust first. So you trust that the result is coming even when you cannot see it and hear it and touch it. Um, but when, you, when you're not able to trust that it will come, it won't come. So it's really it's really a weird thing because every time you basically need something, you really need something to feel good or to feel better or to every time you really need it, you won't get it. So um, it, that's kind of a hard thing, but I learned that it works like that. And every time you like last year, I spent a lot of money um, and I thought, okay. Uh, in my old uh, strategically thinking, when I do A, I get to B. And it was not like that. I spent the money, but I did not get B right away. And I was really frustrated. And I was like, okay, I have to earn money right now. And I have to get money to be to feel secure, to feel safe. And as long as I needed the money to feel safe, it would just not come. So the first thing is you feel secure, you feel safe, you, you have the feeling you want to gain with some, something, you stick it to the, to the outcome, it won't come, you just first have to feel secure, happy, whatever, um, your result is giving you an energy and um, your work is just to feel it and trust it before you see it and then it will come much faster. And I also had this topic with a friend of mine yesterday regarding another thing, not, not business-wise, but personally-wise. And I think it's really the thing. Every time you think you need something, you really need it to get some kind of a feeling, some kind of a good feeling, you won't get it. So your job first is to get the feeling and then the result will come. And this is the bridging period. Um, you have to 
be patient for some time. And the impatience, I think it kills so many things. And yeah, so bridging period means just the time frame between you really, really trusting, 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 and then it comes. And when you are impatient in between, you will step back um, from the result. Yeah. Because you are an action-driven person. How did you manage to really, like when you were facing those those business struggles, personal struggles, how how did you do that? Like, how could you step into trust? Because this is what all, like all the, the audience, everyone likes has an issue with that. Yeah, it's really difficult. I, I know, I know that what I thought um, back then. I was like, how can I, so how can I trust when the, it's just nothing is there? Hmm. But this is really the issue. And then I, as you said, I am an action driven person. And that was a good thing because I, I just had nothing else. I had nothing to rely on, but to do, to say this inner work, this morning routine is my to-do because I don't know what to do, what gives me the result. So it was not really trusting, I think, but it was more doing the action. Um, action was The inner work was my action at that point. Yeah, I love that. I Not think that will help many people. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you basically basically don't know what to do right now, make the inner work you're doing part. Even when you think inner work and uh, running, journaling, visionizing is not doing something, it is doing, and that helped me a lot. So, for two or three months, um, my only doing was the inner work, and then from the inner work, I asked myself. What is the right thing to do right now? And then little things came up. Um, and right now, LinkedIn is my number one business tool. And this came up in this time. I never had, I had a LinkedIn profile, but I did not do it. And in this time, at some point it came up, you do videos on LinkedIn right now. And I was like, oh no, I, I, did, I did Instagram videos before. Um, so I forced myself to do uh, Instagram stories to, to gain more video experience. And then in this uh, inner work meditation part, there was LinkedIn videos. And no, no, you won't ever do LinkedIn videos. It is a business in, on Instagram, like 15 seconds is okay, but on LinkedIn. And then I was, okay, it came up in this, um, um, uh, yeah, inner meditation thing. And you do this right now. So um, step by step, I was just led from, yeah, my, my, my guidance system led me to, um, to the, the, to the next points. And when I look back right now, I wouldn't, I would not have been able to plan it with my head, the steps. Um, also, yes, also this year, um, all the steps, I, I, I got a new uh, website and I did uh, press work. I wanted to be in all the big newspapers in Germany till the end of the year. And I started uh, doing an online course for press work in January. And I did not know that the Corona crisis would come in end of February. And I knew how to, uh, to reach out to journalists. And in March, I was in all the big German newspapers you can think about. So it, and when, when I would not have um, uh, taken part in this online course in January, but it was, it was not in my head. I didn't structure it. Um, it, it. You can only see it backwards, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally get that. Like you, you wouldn't know what would happen, and that you would have to take the online course first to know what you're doing yes, and so on. Yes. So yeah, 
it's a beautiful example. And um, we spoke before um, that about your um, new flat and everything, yeah. because this is also, it's like, basically, you're the manifestation <laughs> queen without even wanting to be that, basically. So tell us more about that. Yes, I I, I really think I'm getting better in mani manifesting. And, well, um, so to, to, to let your... Um, podcast uh, not viewers but hearers um, uh, no i am really a logical driven person and uh, when i um got into the business i thought i had to get get a business coach for st uh, strategy and then i uh, came over you lydia and you talked yeah strategy yes but also mindset part And two or three years ago, I was like, mindset, no. I can do mindset in a few years, but not right now. Right now, I need strategy. But then I started working with you, and I never heard about manifesting uh, or something before. And I learned, I learned quick, so to say. Um, and this flat right now, I have a new flat in Berlin for two months right now. It was my biggest manifesting part, I think, um, because I didn't even really look for a flat. It just... I, I saw it uh, online and um, the next day I wanted to uh, reach out to the um, to the yeah to the owner and um, yeah but I, I, I wasn't fast enough and I slept one night and in the morning I wanted to uh, call the owner and then um, the ad was gone it was not um, there anymore and you were not able to write him or to call him and I did not have the email or something so I only knew um, it was not far away from my old flat. I only knew the street and the number. And then I was like, oh, it's gone, but I won't give up right now. And then it was Sunday. I wrote a little letter like, uh, dear owner, I saw this um, flat uh, in the fourth. Um, um, so it's, it's, it's um, upstairs um, in the last um, section um, with a rooftop. And I always wanted to have a flat with a rooftop in Berlin. And um, then I wrote a little letter and uh, put my phone number there. And they called me and said, "Wow, your letter was so cute, but we already have a new, um, a new owner—not not a new owner, but a new uh, new renter—and it's gone. Um, but we wanted to call you because your your little uh, message was so nice. And um, yeah, and then I was like, okay, um, should not be. And in this moment, I really thought, okay, when I really should get this flat, I will I will get it and just let it pass away." And after five weeks, I did not even think about it anymore. Um, after five weeks, somebody called me and was like, well, um, the people who wanted to rent the flat, they cannot rent it anymore because I don't know why. And are you still interested? Because your uh, message was so nice. We found it on the door and we thought before um, giving it in online Again, we wanted to ask you if you want to have it. So I did not have any um, anybody else um, who wanted to have the flat because they only call no, no competition. competition. And it, when you get a flat in Berlin with no competition, it's like hilarious, right? Um, yeah. And right now I'm sitting in this flat and it was, it was really also this detachment part. I did action. You have to do action, right? I could have said, oh, the ad is not online anymore. So the flat is gone. Oh, what a pity. But I did not do this. So I did all I could. So I went there. I had this little uh, message there and then I said, it's gone. And I was not feeling super sad. I was like, okay, then it should not be. So another fine flat is waiting for me. And I detached right away. And with this detachment, after six weeks, it just came to me. I did not have to do anything. 
just with with chilling and relaxing, it was like the universe said, okay, Teresa, you should get this flat. Here you have it. <laughs> <laughs> you were patient enough to wait. Here it is. <laughs> you did all the work. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really the most powerful example um, with this flat. And every day I'm walking through the flat and getting out on, on my rooftop. It's like, yes, you really deserved it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that, Teresa. And I can obviously see parts. Um, the, I see the piano, which is lovely. Everything. Yeah. Mm. So some more questions I do have, um, because I wanted to get a little bit of your um, expertise on leadership, because obviously um, I work with entrepreneurs and some of them have teams, some of them don't have teams, and then you have to lead yourself. Can you give us like any insights into what good leadership is, what it is not, perhaps some challenges your clients face when it comes to leadership? That would be lovely. Yeah, it's a, a really interesting question because um, with the remote work, leadership becomes a total new um, new picture um, mm -hmm. because many leaders have the fear when they don't see their employees um, that they don't work. So it's also about trusting, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, when I am in com inside companies and I, I do um, leadership workshops really only for the leaders and also do team workshops with the leaders and their teams. Um, and it's interesting because leaders always think they have to have a good strategy or to get um, new, new ways of, of leading and the way to be the best um, remote leader, I think, is to be, is to be um, empathic and to, hmm. yeah, not to have um, strategies, but really just to hear out your employees. Um, when there is this yeah. change from a location-based team to location-independent team, there is always struggle. There is always fears and obstacles. And many leaders think, okay, just don't talk about the fears. Don't talk about the obstacles because, um, yeah, we want to empower people and this remote thing work. It will work really well. Of course, it worked well. Uh, it will work well. And um, many companies and leaders fear to talk about fears, right? But they are, they are there. Every time when you have a change, people are used to work in the office. They are used to something. And when there is a change, It's the most important part for leaders is to talk with a team about the obstacles and the fears, fears who are there. Um, because it's like this, uh, this elephant who, which is in the room and nobody wants to talk about it, but it is still there. Yes, it's there. So um, <laughs> yeah. the best thing is really to take this elephant right in front of you and to talk about it. And to see what is inside this elephant. So um, what are all the fears? So you, um, as a leader, you always have doubters in your team. And you always have um, people who are fans of remote work. And um, not only regarding remote work, but regarding every change. You have doubters and you have fans. And you, as a leader, it's the most important thing to know um, the the amount of people who are doubters and the amount of people who are fans and uh, bring it together. So this is the most important part I do. It's not about setting up rules. 
the rules are the results. But um, first, you have really to get to know the fears and you have to get to know the vision. What, um, what is it like when it works perfectly? But where can it also um, be broken, the, the change? And um, many people, they uh, hop right into, um, um, into creating guidelines. And that's not the right, right thing, because when you want to create guidelines, you first have to know the fears and the vision, and then out from that, you can create guidelines. So it's an individual thing. Um, companies always come to me and say, well, Teresa, can you give us an, a PDF with the 10 remote working rules? And yes, it just does not work like that, because you cannot have the 10 uh, um, rules for a leader But um, leading is about knowing your people. It's about, it's a people thing. It's not a strategy thing. So um, yeah. when you have a look at your team, you have to get to know how, um, what, what kind of people are there. And this is the most important part. And then you can add some structure thing and some rules, but um, getting to know the people and their fears and also their visions And then you can be a really great leader because it's always about the thing behind it. Um, also with the remote work, why do people want to work remotely? What is the end result? It's not about working remotely. It, uh, it's about what, lets, uh, what, what is remote work letting you do with your life. So, and this is the part you have to know as a leader. You have to know why do they want to work remotely? What does it give them? Um, Is it a partner in another city? Is it, um, is it a, a, a ill person in the family who they can care about? And when you know these things, you can be a really great leader. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's about people. <laughs> I hear this so often, yeah. And people always want the seven steps or the 10 points or whatever and think that's it. And that's not the real work with, um, that has to happen. And how would you like... Obviously, you said there are the doubters and um, there probably are also challenging leaders. Like, what do you do with them? Because it's lovely if you just talk and explain to them, like, let's work on fears, let's work on vision, bring it all together. But what, and you know, this happens inside of us as well. We sometimes have a really loud voice that is just against everything, like resistance. Like, how do you do, I, perhaps it doesn't happen, I don't know, that you have resistant leaders, resistant team members. Definitely, I do have uh, resistant leaders and team members. Um, members but that is my uh, the my workshops which i do with the companies it's mostly about um opening this room to address and to address the fears and to address the doubts and when there um is um uh, sometimes it's really um it's really getting not hot it's a bisschen hitzig auf deutsch it's getting a little bit it's a little bit like yeah hot or high discussion yes, yes. like loud Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I am forcing people to say out loud what they think is crap right now. Mm -hmm. So, and that's my thing as a, I'm, I'm having this moderation part as well. So, because mm -hmm. when you as a leader, it's, it's really hard for a leader to have this coaching role. So, when you mm -hmm. as a leader ask your team members, what do you think is crap right now? they won't answer you because they think, okay, I cannot say this to my boss because so... He's going to fire me. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you have this chit-chat when you are out of the room. So um, you as a leader, some leaders are able to do this with their team, but you have, um, yeah, not, 
it's I, th I think it's the lowest part of uh, of the leaders. So um, this is the part where they get me in. So I'm like a, like a moderator of this part, and I have different faces um, where people. And and the the interesting thing is um, the doubters when they were able to address their fears and their um, their obstacles and the challenges. It it just gets lower mm. when it's spoken out. Um, mm. It's you mean the doubt goes down, the yes. resistance goes down yes, when they the are allowed to speak. Down. Yes, wow, love that. Yes. Yeah. And it's not about in one workshop you cannot uh, you cannot do all the all the uh, you cannot fade away all the obstacles, but you can list them and you can say okay we have a fight we have to find a solution for that, and sometimes mm -hmm. and and with bringing together the doubters and the fans there is one part where we 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 get up all the doubts and then the next step we get uh, up the wishing. So in the first part, the doubters are taken seriously and they feel taken seriously. And um, the, the fans, they see, okay, why are the other employees um, against this change? And they can understand, okay, they have a reason behind that. And in the second phase, when you get to the vision point, the doubters are more likely to also see positive points when they were able to address the negative points in front They won't be able to see any positive thing when they were not allowed to address the negative ones before. It's it's just a little basic thing. And then in the phase where and then the doubters can see, okay, why are the fans of remote work? What is behind their fan thing? So why do they think it's good? And then it's like, okay, we can understand each other. Mm. And this understanding is um, is the most important part to go the next step. You cannot, uh, you cannot take the next step when there is this elephant um, in the room. Yeah, that elephant takes takes up a lot of space. <laughs> no one wants to move the elephant. <laughs> yes. And work with it. Ah. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and I think there is like basically, you can translate that, yeah, for whoever like is having a team. You don't have to manage big companies. Like leadership starts with yourself. And obviously if you just have freelancers or something, you know, to address what I take away is like a, to address the fears, to take a look at the vision. And also I think for yourself, you know, this is what some people get wrong when they think we just have to do positive belief work mm -hmm. and they forget that they have to address the fears first, you know, and see and let, let them speak, you know, let them speak and let those voices out there who are like resistant, who have an issue. And yeah, usually they, once they are heard, they get more silent or they, they are not as loud yeah. anymore. Yeah. That's really, I think you can do this with your own, even when you don't have a team. Yeah, with your so inner team. You have, yes. With your inner team, you have some doubters. What do the doubters say? Okay. Doubters speak now. And then now fans, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I perhaps think you should, could be awesome. <laughs> perhaps you should create a little business model around that, Teresa. Yes. <laughs> Let's create a new business, a new company. <clears throat> oh, I loved that. Um, I loved everything you said. I think we could talk for, for several more hours. Um, however, we have almost reached our time. So I would love just like any last tips and thoughts you want to share with the audience. That would be lovely. Yes. What we already said, care about you feel how you feel first. Don't take action when you don't feel good, when you are in the doubting zone. Um, first, um, take the time for you and yourself and have a deeper look what makes you feel good 
now. Mm, Not uh, so often we think, okay, we have to get this result in our business and then I will feel good. Or you can change good in uh, proud or what else. Mm. Um, So be aware that you have the power to feel good in every moment because in every moment you can step back and can think about, is it, am I doing this out of doubt and fear right now? Then you should step back and um, get into a good mood first and then take action. This is really, this was the game changer for, for myself because as an entrepreneur, you always have a huge to-do list and the to-do list won't get um, lower any smaller yes it won't get any smaller and um, don't hop on the doing part uh, when you did not feel good before so and it can be 10 minutes or it can also take two hours but um, it's all about your energy first and then taking action and then the action will will have a much um, higher result yeah So um, taking action with uh, low energy won't create good results. So even when you, I think when you do eight hours of action in a, in a, in a bad mood, you will have less results than having seven and a half hours for yourself in feeling good. And then doing half an hour, the half an hour can create much bigger results than the eight hours. And the difference, the difference is only the energy level. And I, I know that when I, when somebody would have said that three or four years ago to me, I would say, yeah, of course. <laughs> But I, I just recognize that it works like that. And um, yeah, from, from getting results out of that, I trust this process. And it's worked for me again and again overall. So it's, it sounds easy, but it's all, it still is work. Um, yeah, but this is the, the one promise uh, I can make when you feel good and take action it will create more mm. results i love that Teresa. that's a lovely last last word and i think i do totally share that with you and i hope the audience hears that now from a different person as well and says like <laughs> wow now we have it from, heard it from two people so then there needs to be something um in that Thank you so much for your time. I will obviously put your links into the show notes. So if someone is either looking for remote employees because you have a database in Germany and for that, or if you're looking to actually not become an entrepreneur and be um, employed, but um, location free, or if you're a company and you need support to create remote work, then you'll have Teresa. She, get, she has like 100% of my trust. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for inviting. It was really lovely to speak to you again. 